The next question. My name is Tristan. My name is LB. <laughs> <laughs> we are here back for another one. This is the My Stock, My Stock Life Trade to Live podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in again, guys. Uh, this is the second episode, the second rendition of the passion project from the boys over at My Stock Life and the girls now. We do have like a little uh, female squad joining us up over there in My Stock Life, so we are all inclusive. Uh, but without further ado, I am your host, Big Bob Brady. I got my other host, Mr. Dr. Love, LB, in the building. It's great to be here, brother. I'm so happy to be here with you, my guy. It's, a, it's another week in the markets, another another touchdown in the uh, money zone, I like to say. This week, we got some recommendations or some suggestions or, you know, some uh, some requests from the members of the My Stock Life Discord, uh, if you want to go and shout them out. Yeah, we got uh, Sahaj and Jushin asking for tips and tricks for beginners and also uh, market psychology when you're a beginner. So Ooh. we're going to go over some of those topics today. Yeah, so we're going to have two good perspectives. Uh, LB's got way more time in the game than I do. I'm a fairly young beginner. I'm just getting my feet wet. He's been a vet in the game for a little bit now, so you're going to have both perspectives from myself and from him. Um, you want to start it off with psychology of the games? Uh, yeah, so I'll just go into a little bit of the psychology in the beginning. Everyone's always joining the market thinking about how much they can make. Like They always ask, I got $1,000 in my account, how quickly can I get it to 10000 <laughs> That's not really the game. The game is a marathon, it's not a sprint. You don't want to just jump in and risk everything and try to hit big, big trades. Obviously sometimes you get lucky, beginner's luck is a real thing. Mm -hmm. But if you do get lucky, it's gonna the market will take it back. The house always wins. So the thing I always preach and I will always continue to preach is uh, instead of looking at how much you can make on a trade, make sure you know how much you can lose on every single trade. Because uh, you will lose trades. The best money managers in the world are only right about 45, 40, 45% of the time. But they make a lot of money on those 40 to 45% trades that they win on, much more than they lose on their losing trades. So. That's something that I really want to preach to you guys, and I want you guys to remember that. I want to just chime in. I heard a great quote today that relates directly to that. Don't trade because you need to make money. There's so many people that jump in, <laughs> jump into the trading game and they're like, yeah, I need some rent money. I, if you listen to my uh, guap, teach me how to trade rap, this exact line that I said. She said, I need a band today. I said, whoa, 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 we're not, that is not how we're going to do it. That is not how we're going to play. I've gotten so many DMs from my friends on Instagram, like, I need some money right now. Like, I'm ready to go all in. I'm ready to sell my car, get into the markets. And I'm like, what happens if the trade goes sour? What happens if you lose that money? What happens if you need to pull out rent from that? Like, then you're just losing capital right there. There's so many things, so many factors that go into it. So if you look at it, like LB was saying, as a, a long-term schematic, like, okay, you know, this is something that's gonna feed me years from now. Like, think of it like, like a tree. I'm good with good quotes too. I'm gonna hit you guys with another quote right now. The day you plant the seed is not the day that you eat the fruit. I want you guys to really hammer that in. It's it's, it's something that is like a child. If, if you have a, an idea and you have an embryo and you impregnate your subconscious mind with this idea, are you gonna show it to the world two days in, three days in, you're gonna pull it out and take a look at it? No, you're gonna give it nine months to mature and then become a full-form baby. And then even then, you're still gonna baby it. And then it's gonna be two years, three years down the line before you can walk and talk for itself and defend itself, let alone six, seven, eight years down the line, we're gonna pick up a stick and fight for its own worth. So yeah, like like LB was saying, um, 
think about how much you can lose and still afford to keep going. Like, if, if trading is not fighting. You don't need to improve <laughs> how tough you are by how much you can lose. Uh, a rule of jujitsu is, you know, not losing is winning at the end of the day. So if you're able to stay alive and not get your ass kicked, then hey, that's a win at the end of the day. You didn't die. You didn't get knocked out in a street fight. It's, it's a beautiful exactly. thing. Exactly. No, I agree with them 100%. You can't go into the market thinking, I need this money to eat today. I need this money to, <laughs> you know, pay my rent today. If you need money today, go go work at McDonald's, man. Go apply at Walmart or something, you know what I mean? Go deal some drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I'm, I'm just joking. Don't fuck with <laughs> This is not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like, investing is something that uh, the rich do. Like, they put their money to work for them. That's the name of the game. Like, if you have 10000 saved up and you just have it in a bank account, with inflation over a year, that 10,000, even if the inflation is 2%, which it will never be ever again, inflation mm -hmm. will be much higher than 2%. But just the, from the government, what they're saying is 2% inflation a year, that 10,000 is going to turn into 9,800 by the next year, just sitting in the cash. So you want that 10,000 in something that's going to advance your money instead of just eating away at it with inflation. So yeah, just to add on to what he was saying, like if, if you want money now, go get a job. Don't, yeah. don't go in stocks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard life lesson for a lot of people because it's it's a life of bliss and glamour. You follow the big traders and you'll see big wins, big positions, big trades. And you're like, it's kind of like a highlight reel. It's like, yep, that's it, baby. That's all I got to do. I just got to follow all these guys on the trade and then and then jump right in, do what they do, and you know I'm gonna go all in on this one. And hopefully, it hits. And it's like that's a great way to give it to the markets and like. The boy doctor spreads. Ricky says like, it's, it's it's a solid like 98% of people that lose money in the markets and get their asses handed to them and never walk away with a winning trade. The day trading is one of the hardest jobs that you can absolutely do. It's one of the hardest businesses that you can open, and uh, that's why there's such a, a differentiating factor between those who invest and those who lose their money. You'll hear Nadim talk about option sniper patience, the science of getting paid. It's patience. Um, and you time in the market over time in the market. Yep. Exactly. It's it's like a quote book this episode, this podcast. You can just you know, keep getting quotes off that are all super relevant and they all have value and it, it depends on how much you listen to them and how much you enact them in, inside your own life because to know and to not do is to not truly know. Um, I've heard so many times like I try and give people trade advice and I stop trying to give people trade advice because it's just like, all right, fuck me then. I'm over <laughs> talking to my damn self at the end of the day. It's like, if you're not going to take the information and then put it into your own trade strategy, if you're just going to like look at it and be like, yeah, I'm going to keep steering to the left and I know I should go straight. Um, it's just wasting my time and yours at the end of the day. So if there's anybody that cares about you enough to give you advice about how to actually work the markets, do yourself a favor and do them a favor and actually listen to it and try it out. At least try it out for, I don't know, 10 days, 15 days, 30 days, something like that. Give it an actual trial period before you go back to your other previous habits that were most likely losing. I'm not gonna you know, call names or anything like that, but just so many trading strategies don't work because people don't work them. Same thing, man, like uh, even if I like, so what they say is there's a saying, it's 98% uh, of the people that join the stock market, they blow up their account within the first year and they never trade again. So every single great trader that I know has blown up at least one account. Blowing up an account means you take your account to zero, you, you wipe all the cash you started with. I'm very proud of one fact, I've never blown up an account in my life, which is very, very rare, but every single great trader that I know has blown up an account. They call it market tuition. But uh, obviously I paid my market tuition, but I did not blow up an account. 
Even like if I if I'm losing in trades for two three months at a time, like I know that I'm gonna get it back the rest of the nine months in the market. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. One thing I really respect about Ricky, one of our admins over at My Stock Life, alongside of me, he can sit and look at charts all day and not do a single thing. He can just look and watch and study, and then when his trade comes, he nails it. He hits a home run on that trade instead of taking little 10% 20% trades here and there, and then losing on a bunch of trades. He waits for that big home run trade and he nails it almost every time. Nailed Amazon last week, nailed Baba this week. I'm really proud of him, he's a good trader. He's a damn good trader and uh, to speak to that, he, he definitely will sit and wait. Sitting on your hands is an art. I, I, <laughs> I'm convinced 100%. If you can sit on your hands and wait in the markets, you have money and profits destined and lined up for you. Uh, just to the back to the first quote, don't trade if you need money. Like, it, 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 don't do that. Do not do that. Uh, Ricky is absolutely fantastic at sitting on his hands. It's it's a technique, it's an art form. Anything that you do with specificity to your trade style, anything that you do with, with whether how you walk, how you talk, is different than another human being, that is art. And trading is an art, it really is at the end of the day. When you look at your entries, when you look at your exits, when you look at the stocks that you trade, when you look at how often you trade them, your frequency of the trades, the volume of the trades, the percentage of the trades that you're jumping into. This is all an art because it's all specific to you and that's what makes it beautiful. And some of the best artists take the most time to appreciate in their art. It's like a fine wine. Um, you'll see when when uh, Warren Buffett jumps into a position, if he jumps in with 1% of his portfolio, that's a huge position and that's art at its finest form right there. And he's very hesitant to pull the trigger on something because that's a, it's a huge brush stroke. And to understand that and to adopt that into your trade style, even if it's, it's pennies in comparison, the, the thing that you guys need to focus on is the brush stroke itself. It doesn't matter what the amount of money behind it is, it's, it's the act of actually doing it and actually following the steps of these great traders and adopting them into your own trade style. Because at the end of the day, we're all getting our information from somewhere and you decide where you're getting it from. Is it from you know biased articles? Is it from CNBC? Is it from traders that you like? Is it from your own intuition? Is it from a gut feeling that's really not a gut feeling? It's a, a culmination of different experiences and hunches that you have put together that you feel is a feeling at the time of a trade, which is really just you know, like I said, just a whole bunch of stuff piled together. So when you look at it like an art form, when you look at it like a, a science at the end of the day, and you should be happy if you're losing money because at the end of the day, you understand that the code that I'm inputting into the market is not working. And that means that I can succeed. If I change my code, if I change my habits, if I change my tactics, if I change my art, then it will reward the right code. And I had to go through that self-realization just the other day, it was losing, losing, you know, good 30, 40% of my portfolio, I was like, man, I am down, I am really down. But I was happy because at the end of the day, I know that I can correct, I know that it can change, I know that I can increase my art form and get something out of it with a different code put into the, the universe, the markets, whatever you may call it. So you should be happy if you're down because you know that what you're doing right now is not working and what you can do and change will work. Or you know you need more time inside of that, inside of that art form because not all trading styles are 100%. No trading style is 100%. Let me rephrase that. Uh, nobody's gonna hit 100%. You're gonna see people with their highlight reels, but at the end of the day, you know that they have had some struggles inside of the market. They've had some pains inside of the markets. They've had some, like, Beginner's luck is real. I experienced a great string of beginner luck trades and the pennies hit and now the OTC markets is on my ass, baby. They're, they're taking their tuition fees, bro. So, <laughs> but yeah, just look at it like an art and, and understand that the best artists put 
decades into it and, and it'll become a little bit easier. That's the thing, man. The definition of insanity is repeating the same thing over and over again. That doesn't work, so don't be insane. Fix your strategy. Fix <laughs> your strategy. And uh, yeah, just to speak more about Ricky, we'll have him on the podcast as a guest just to talk about his strategy. But like me and him, we're both admins, T's and admin. We all have very, very different styles of trading. So my thing is Ricky can sit there on the screen, watch charts all day and not trade. I'll be tweaking if I do that. Like I'll be, if I'm just sitting there nine to four looking at charts, I'm gonna be like, yo, I'm trading something, bro. I'm gonna fucking put my money into something. Right? I'll, I'll scalp spy for 10 cents, you know what I mean? Like I have to do something. So just my strategy in general, I stay around the market usually from, uh, I wake up early, like probably 6.36 most of the time. And then I'll, I'll chart, I'll get ready for the day. And then I'll trade from nine when the market opens at 9.30 straight to like 10.30, 11. And then I'll take a little break. Like I'll get off the screens, I'll go in my room, I'll chill, whatever, I'll figure something else to do. And then I usually come back around two to four just for the power hour at the end of the day. And that's just been working for me the best. I got a little bit away from that when I first came to Mexico, just seeing like Ricky sitting there all day and Bogey sitting there all day, Trish in there all day. So I was just like, I should be here all day, but it's just not my trading style. So I have to trade what, what's been working for me. So I'm just getting back into that a little bit. I need my breaks throughout the day. I can't sit there and watch the screen. No, and I respect you 100% for understanding your trading style and, and then adopting to it um, so many times. There's peer pressure in trading too, man. You get into a good Discord group and there's a lot of people shooting trades at and you're like, all right. volunteer. volunteer. <laughs> oh my goodness, I hope T-Bone listens to this, man. This dude's screaming in my ear. Go all in on Palantir, go all in on Palantir. I'm like, dude, I don't see this thing going up at all. So that I go in a remaining cash balance in the Palantir <laughs> off of this dude T-Bone, my, my trade mentor, coup de gras, number one trade mentor, T-Bone, screaming at me to go into Palantir. I fold under the pressure. I should not have folded. I should have stayed strong, but I fold under the pressure. The calls go from 42 cents to like 58, 60 cents. I miss the exit. They drop back down to 42. I get out of break even. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I didn't lose any money. So I'm not, I'm not terribly bummed. I didn't get what I wanted, but I'm not bummed about it. And then T-Bone's just giving me shit in my ear. Like over and over and over. And then they open up this week. They're down like to 32, so down 10, 10, 25% on them. I'm like, you know what? I would be feeling like a ball of doo-doo right now if I still held on to those calls. So there, when you do get into trading, do understand that peer pressure is a real thing. And, uh, LB can speak to that when when you're in an admin position on top of that and you feel like you have to provide value to paying customers it, over trading happens um, that's one thing I've really tried to avoid is, is like I said in the art of jiu-jitsu if you don't die then you won uh, a battle not the battle at the end of the day a battle is not getting yourself killed at the end of the day it's so, number one rule man live to trade another day live to trade another day Absolutely. you can't do that with no one <laughs> no can't do that with all in on balance <laughs> <laughs> I like balance I like Exactly. So yeah, T-Bone, if you're listening to this, I'm talking to you, brother. I'm talking to you, brother. Tell us a little bit about um, overtrading and, and the pressures of being an admin. And you know, people listening to this, some of them will and some of them won't, but they'll they'll graduate to a point where they're providing trades for other people and for their educational and entertainment purposes. None of this is financial advice, but um, the goal of every good teacher should be to have their students surpass them in whatever it is, whether it's martial arts, trading cooking, whatever you want it to do, you, you pass on this and, and 
it's kind of like you stand on the shoulders of giants to see further than you ever could and then eventually they're going to turn around and help you up where you need it most so um, as, as somebody who's kind of gotten his feet very deep in the game. What can you say about overtrading and peer pressure and whatnot? No one's gonna pass me in trading. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing, I'll play it. I will teach you guys everything I know, but uh, obviously I'm gonna keep getting better too, so you're not gonna catch me. Just <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the play of the day, I always want that. I have personal goals in my head, you know what I mean? I do wanna hit lots of trades, but overtrading is a thing, definitely is a thing. Once you get into one too many positions, um, you're not going to be able to focus on each one. You're not going to be able to watch the news for 30 different positions every day. You're not going to be able to check the charts for 30. You're going to go insane. You're going to get white hair, you know, stressed, whatever. I like my look. I like my life. I'm good. My sweet spot is probably under, probably around 10 to 15 positions. That's my sweet spot. And then um, I have different strategies, obviously. So you guys see a lot of my option lottos go to zero. I'm not worried about that because my option lottos are sized accordingly where I expect them to go to zero. The option lottos are a tiny position. Then I have swing trades with options that are a little larger positions. Then I have my equity positions, which are my largest positions. And when financials and technicals match up on a chart, that's when I'm throwing the, I'm throwing the truck at that. You know what I mean? So I have it all set up for myself. Obviously mine won't work for you. Cause if I put like 50K into an option lotto and I lose it, like I'll be sad for an hour, but then I'll make it right back. But if you lost 50 grand in a week, you'd probably like, you know, you couldn't pay your bills, whatever. Like, I'm scratching my head thinking about that right yeah, now. That's it, what man. I mean, bro. Just like me, T and Ricky, same thing. Like if we lost 10 grand on a trade, we wouldn't give a shit. Like we wouldn't care because we know the next trade we can make 50. So it's just based on your own account size, based on your own account goals, based on your trading style, you have to set these kind of limits for yourself. I just gave you a little overview. A lotto, options lotto should be your smallest position that you ever play. Because those can always go to zero, no matter how confident you are in them, they can always go to zero. A swing position, which is like a monthly option, you can go a little bit heavier than your lotto, but still expect options to go to zero. Equity, equity is where you can throw most of your cash. And I recommend like 75 to 80% of your whole portfolio should be in equity at the end of the day. Because those options, if they even go to zero, you'll still have your 80% equity and your account will still be solid. You just have to form that base, like you're building a mountain. You know what I mean? You're building a mountain with your cash. Say you start with 100K, you lose a couple of trades, you get it down to 80K, then you win a couple of trades, you get it to 150K. So your new base is 150K. Always keep building that mountain, keep building that account size, keep and uh, keep your base where it is. Like, say I need 100K in my account no matter what. That should be your equity positions or mostly safe positions, financial, the fundamental analysis, whatever. So just keep that base in mind, keep building the base. If you lose a little bit from the base, it's okay. Stop trading, go a little safer, and then just continue to build and build and build and build. And within five years, you should have a goal. Every year you should have a goal, every week you should have a goal. Even if you look into it, do the math. If you make $200 a day, I think, if you make $200 a day trading, that's 100K in a year. I could be a little bit off on that, but it's almost right, almost like that. So if I'm making, thousand dollars a day that's 500k a year on the side you know what i mean so just set your own goals do your goals and just ignore everyone else man we got to do a follow-up episode on this one there's too much juice in this we're, we're rounding out near the end here but um uh to speak on the mountain type where the, you have the base i kind of like to think of my portfolio as a garden and i'm the gardener 
and I have to be really selective in the seeds that I let into my garden because they can go rampant and they can destroy some of the other crops. Like if I'm focused on this, this corn and it's over here just killing my nutrients inside of my soil, just taking my account down, I'm not gonna be paying attention to my grapes. And my grapes are really booming and I don't get them when they're in the ripest point of the harvest. I can't sell them at the market for the highest value. And it, it really is like, uh, I really recommend for beginning traders to really keep your positions in check and, and understand yourself at a psychological standpoint. Anything over like, you know, like five positions, I think that's even a stretch right there because if, if two at the same time start going down, your emotions aren't in check and you need to understand how to act quickly and make decisive decisions when you're in a panic situation. I keep coming back to jujitsu because it's, it's pressurized decision making. You have somebody trying to kill you in the heat of the moment. And that's something with the market makers are trying to take, they're trying to take your walk. They're trying to take your money because it's you against them. It's, it's you against the house. It's, it's just what it is. So yeah, you're up against the smartest people in the world, the smartest, richest people in the world. Do you think you're just like grade 12 graduate? You're going to snap into the market and take Wall Street's money? No, no, no. You need to chill out a little bit and just, uh, you know. Some of you haven't even got it. Thinking I'm going to run in and tussle 12 rounds with these market makers. These algorithms are my, I'm not even gonna say the word on the, on the podcast, but no man, there's there's a lot of realizations that come to the markets, but we've hit our 20 minute point. Um, we love keeping these a little bit shorter for you guys. We love you guys so much. I love doing these podcasts with you I love it, bro. It's just off the top of the head. It's yeah. so easy, bro. It's Man. just a conversation. Make sure you guys like the like the video, subscribe to the video, and leave a comment what you want to see next week because that really means a lot. It gave us topics. Like, thank you, Justin. Thank you, Sahaj, for uh, sending us the like, uh, topics that you wanted us to go over. You see, we just talked for 20 minutes about a lot of nowhere. Easy, easy. Yeah, so like they were saying, like my boy LB was saying, Go hit that like, go hit that subscribe. Uh, we're gonna be back with you guys for another one next week. We love you guys so much. This is my stock life or no life. Without further ado, we're gonna bring this thing on home. We'll see you guys next time. Easy.